So we're just going to spend a few minutes together thinking about the parable that was read and thinking about what Sarah just said, that actually a parable, a parable is not a story that was fact that happened. A parable was a story that Jesus told that had a message behind it. So he thought of a story that would have an impact that people would understand and they would take a message away from it. So Sarah mentioned three groups within the story, didn't she? She mentioned the shepherd who was, just call out, shepherd represented Jesus, thank you. The flock represented, yeah, God's people, us, the church, and the sheep could represent anyone, absolutely. And so we're just going to have a quick think about those three different groups within the story. So why do you think Jesus, we know him to be the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, why do you think Jesus would choose to describe himself as a shepherd? Because while shepherding is an important job, it doesn't seem very glamorous, does it? It doesn't seem like a a worthy job to describe yourself as if you if you are the son of God. So why do you think, and this is for everyone, why do you think Jesus chose a shepherd to describe himself as? Pardon? Because he had lots of sheep, yeah? And Jesus has lots of followers. Anybody else? Why would he choose in those times a shepherd? Absolutely. So the the area of the world where Jesus was, the people he was talking to, they would have understood what it meant to be a shepherd. They would have seen shepherds at work in and around their towns and villages. Many of them who were listening to Jesus would have been shepherds or would have worked on the land. So that's really important to understand that Jesus used stories about people that people understood at the time. And we know nowadays as well, don't we? We know what a shepherd does. But what about the characteristics of a shepherd? Which characteristics might a shepherd have that we could link with Jesus? Protects, yeah. Absolutely. Loves to care for us and wants to protect us from the wolves, of course. In those days, if a wolf or a bear or a lion tried to take a sheep, the shepherd had to make a choice. Do I stand and fight and protect my sheep, or do I run away and let my sheep be taken? And a good shepherd would stand and fight. Yes, did you have something? Yeah, look after the sheep to make sure they had everything they needed. It would make sure they had the food, had the water, had the good green grass, had the nice safe place to be. Absolutely. So why does this story matter for us today? I think that's what you should always ask when you read the Bible Why does this matter to us today? And not because you're expecting the scriptures to be based solely around you and your life, but we can always find meaning for our lives today, even though it was written thousands of years ago. So I think it's important and matters to us today that Jesus called himself a shepherd because people understood what a shepherd did. They saw that shepherding was a really dangerous job. Shepherds fought for their sheep, they protected them, and shepherds knew exactly what their sheep needed. Okay, if you left the sheep to it, they wouldn't know where to go, they wouldn't know how to protect themselves, they wouldn't know where the best food was, but a shepherd would. And Jesus knows the best for us. He knows the best places for us to go. He knows the best ways that we can get the things that we need and to be fed in the ways that we need to be fed. He was devoted 
Jesus is still devoted to us today. A shepherd lived with their sheep. At night time, when the sheep were asleep in the fields, the shepherd wouldn't go home to a house. The shepherd would sleep in the fields. The shepherd would be, be there sometimes at night with a fire on to keep away enemies who might steal the sheep or wolves or lions that might come and eat them. It matters as well because when we see a shepherd at work, when we see the devotion and heart that the shepherd has, it reminds us that Jesus is devoted to us. He's not a God who stands there and waits for us to bow down at his feet only. Actually, he gives to us as well. And he longs for us to be with them, to be with the sheep. And if we go missing, he will come out and he will find us. He will listen for the call of his sheep from a long way away and would go and find the sheep. Just as if we call out to Jesus in prayer, Jesus, I need you. I need your help. Come and help me. Come and save me. He always hears and he always comes to save us. So that's a bit about the shepherd. Okay, the flock. Now, the flock's really, really important because in the story, when the shepherd goes to find the lost sheep, he doesn't get another shepherd to come in and look after the flock. Actually, he leaves them together as a group. And that's because a flock sticks together. They're not just a random, fragmented bunch of sheep who are all going to wander off. Actually, they're a family, they're a community, and they protect each other. They protect the weakest, the youngest, the oldest in their group. So, Sam, if you can come here, please. And if you can stand just in the middle of our flock over there, and if you can pretend to be a very weak sheep. Okay, Jonathan, if you can come and pretend to be a wolf, you're trying to get the weak sheep. Okay, flock, stand up. You are now a flock. You need to get round your weak sheep and protect him so the wolf can't come. Quickly, gather round, gather round. Okay, brilliant. And stop. Fantastic. And this, guys, this is meant to be a picture of God's people. This is a picture of the church, that when we have people in our midst who are maybe not feeling as strong as they could be, maybe they're feeling a little bit battered, a little bit bruised, a little bit low on faith, actually we, as God's people, are meant to be protecting them. We rally round them. We don't let that one sheep go to the edge because we're like, oh, they're a bit weak. We might as well just get them eaten off. Actually, you gather round them. You look after them. And it's really important as well. I don't know much about sheep, but I do know that sheep are hefted to the land. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. So there's quite a lot of people um, traditionally who shepherd their sheep by putting them out onto pasture with no fences, um, no walls around them. But the sheep are hefted to an area. They know where they're meant to be. That is their territory. And when they have children, when they have their lambs, the lambs just learn from the parents to be hefted to the same land. And actually, that is what Jesus does with us. He lays out the guidelines. He lays out the rules. He tells us his commands and he expects those commands to be passed on from generation to generation. He expects them to be passed around us so that no sheep can wander off. No sheep can be lost. And when it inevitably starts to happen, actually we as a church body should be noticing that someone is on the edges. Someone is starting to wander and we should be going to gather them, bring them in and bring them back to the flock. The flock is really, really important. Brilliant, thank you. Okay, and then the final. Going to get a bit visual. Okay, I'm not very good at drawing sheep, but here we go. Okay. 
How many legs? Very good. Good to check these things. Never assume. Okay. And a tail. Should we have a tail? Oh, someone said no. Someone said, we'll have a fluffy tail. Okay. Right, so we've got our sheep here. Okay. So we're going to talk about what the sheep, that lone sheep, the, the shepherd that Jesus goes to save in the story. What or who does that represent? Well, we believe that actually that could represent anyone. I think sometimes when we read this parable, the temptation as Christians is to think um, it's um, people outside the church or people who don't know Jesus yet. Absolutely, that is absolutely right. Those people can be the sheep as well. But we always need to make sure that we understand that any of us, no matter how long we've been following Jesus, no matter how devoted we've been, Unless we are a part of the flock, unless we're listening to the voice of the shepherd, we can easily become that sheep. We can easily become the sheep that wanders off, that's drawn away by sweeter grass, or that um, gets stuck in the brambles and can't find their way back, or is the one that is picked off by the wolf or the bear or the lion and taken away. Okay, any of us can become that sheep, and we really need to understand that as we read this story. Okay, so we're going to be thinking in a moment about the things... Give him some grass... We're going to be thinking about the things that could draw a sheep away from the flock. What, what would need to happen for a sheep or for a person to move them away from God's people into a place where they're isolated and on their own? Because I really believe that being in a place of isolation is the worst place you can be. And you know, that can happen within the church as well. There can be people within the church who feel isolated within the church. So our lost sheep can sometimes be within the flock, which is why what Sarah was saying was so important. We need to be looking out for our friends, looking out for our family, looking out for our church family to ensure that they are an active part of the flock and that they're not feeling like the lost sheep. Okay, we don't want there to be a sense in this that it's them and us. Actually, it could be any of us, and so we need to protect ourselves. Okay, so we're going to stop and consider now, what is it? We'll stop thinking about sheep and start thinking about people. I want you to think about people. What could happen or what could there be that might draw somebody away from being a part of God's flock to being somewhere else? And you're going to do this in an interactive way. So on your, uh, in the rows, we've put some paper and pens out. Okay, there's not one each. You're going to huddle together in groups in a moment. And what you'll do is on your paper, you're going to draw a quick sheep in the middle. No points for artwork here, I'm afraid. And what I would like you to do is discuss together what are those things that could draw a sheep away from the flock. But by sheep, we're talking about people being drawn away from God's people. Okay, and children, I'd like you to go back to your families and friends and work with them on this. Okay, and then in a few minutes, we're going to gather these in and stick them up at the front. Yeah, and this is a good chance to notice people. Is anyone on their own? If they are, draw them in, work with them. Lovely, thank you. It was lovely walking around and seeing the things that people were thinking of. Um, I'd like to try gather all the sheep in the room together. So if you've got a sheep, if you could hold up your hands, and I'm wondering if any of our young people would mind going around to collect the sheep and to bring them all to the front. Thank you. Yeah. Thank 
Lovely. And if the sheep can come to the front, and if we can lay them all out on the steps as a flock. Wow, thank you. There are some excellent sheep drawings. Lovely. Oh, I like this one. Minimalist. Okay. So you may not be able to see from where you're sat, but we will leave these sheep for after the service so you can come and have a little look. Um, remember, we're not, we're not judging people's drawings here, okay? We're just uh, using it as a stimulus to gather our thoughts. So just having a look down here then, I'm just going to pick out some of the things that you've written as things that could draw a sheep or draw us or draw anyone away from the flock, from being a part of God's family. Okay, so we've got fear, um, laziness, um, friends and distractions, abuse or neglect, disappointment, um, mixing with the wrong crowd, material things, isolation. Fortnite is written quite a few times, actually, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, work, yeah, being too obsessed with work and the things that we have to do. Adventure, or the grass is greener on the other side, there are better things out there. Um, being surrounded all the time by people who don't share your beliefs. I think that's um, that's a challenge, isn't it? Because we don't want to just be with Christians. But actually, if you're only with people who aren't Christians or share your beliefs, that can also be tough. Okay, so we've got all kinds of things written down here. So together, as a flock, I think we are best placed. And I believe that God thinks we are best placed as a flock, as believers together, to resist these kind of things. To resist the wolf that might come and try and separate someone away. Okay, but the onus is on the flock to be looking out. For each other. The shepherd has given the commands indiscriminately to all sheep. Follow me. Do as I say. Follow my ways. Go where I send you. So the word of Jesus, the word of the shepherd, never changes. But the actions of the flock can change. And if we're not careful, sheep can be taken away from the flock. So we don't want to see... You know, we don't want to see this sheep wandering off because of isolation because of the weight of their own sin, because of mixing with the wrong crowd, because of doubting their faith. Actually, we want to see that when those things arise in us, because we all face challenge all the time, we want to see that this flock, our church body here, the flock, the believers across the world, that we stand together, that we love and support one another, and we do everything we can to ensure that that sheep is tucked into the middle of the flock, looked after and loved. Okay, there's all different kinds of ways we can do that. We heard great stuff over the last few weeks about hospitality being a really key way that we can do that. Okay, good hospitality amongst ourselves and for newcomers is a really good way that we can ensure that people feel a part of the flock as well. 